So let's go into the Yankees. The Yankees, obviously, you know, they won against Cleveland, and I covered that in my last episode. If you guys can check it out, it'll be beautiful. Uh, they won against Cleveland, two games out of a three-game set in the wild card series, both in Cleveland until, you know, obviously won the series, moved out to Arizona, uh, not Arizona, what am I thinking? Uh, California, Peco Park, we played in San Diego, and we won yesterday by a score of 9-3. to Now, you know, there was... Ups and downs, obviously, Garrett Cole, he didn't have, like, the best start. Uh, Lou, you are right. I'll, hopefully, you're right, Lou. Yanks in four, definitely. I would love to see, I would love no more than to see that. Seriously, like, you know, Kevin Cash, and, you know, last night, I'm going to talk about it right now. I actually was going to get to it, but uh, thanks for bringing it up. It's going to lead me to another thing. You know, it was a couple pitches after the Giancarlo Stanton homer, and he's throwing uh, John Curtis. He's throwing at the hitter. I'm screaming at the TV. It's nearly 12 o'clock at night. And I'm like, dude, what are you doing? And, you know, the Yankees and the Rays hate each other. It's been, you know, somewhat of a divisional thing for so many years now. But ever since, you know, whatever's happened and, you know, the thing's spicing up now and the CC throwing at people, and he was right to do that. After Romine got plunked last year, you know, he was right to do that. But, um, you know, ever since that, things have started heating up. And Kevin Cash has talked to his fair share of trash. Uh, Aaron Boone has. So it's not really, you know, that surprising at least this point. But uh, hopefully we do get the Yankees in four. I would just like to see, I mean, I got to look at the brackets again. But I would just like to see, you know, who we eventually will play. I mean, obviously it's an eight-team uh, playoff system, obviously, before... Uh, season was implemented, or I don't know when they implemented that, but to be honest with you, I don't agree with that. I do not. Um, Judge, Stanton, Higashoka, and Frazier, they all hit homers. Um, you know, Stanton, as Boomer and Gio said this morning, they, they're like, you know, Stanton's the one that he is on, you know, the hot ticket in New York. Um, you know, he's not on the field he's you know missed how many games with the Yankees and then you know when he steps in he produces he had a grand slam last night which I was very happy about um Garrett Cole uh going back to what I was talking about before before I got into John Curtis I said you know Garrett Cole he didn't have the start he had against Cleveland but he still you know did sufficient enough the offense picked it back up uh the bullpen did well Green Britain and Sessa surprisingly uh, Green and Sessa did well, but I really don't like them. I'm going to be honest with you. Um, I like Green in 2017, 2018, 2019. 2020 and 2016 haven't been uh, the years for him. It really hasn't. And I remember watching one of his first starts in uh, Arizona. I mean, I wasn't there, but I was watching it at home. And, you know, I'm just thinking to myself, you know, what's this guy going to be? And Sessa was good that year, too. You know, that was the year, I'm pretty sure... Um, we traded for both of them, Sessa and Green, and what happened was, you know, we traded Justin Wilson, and, you know, I thought for so many years, you know, it was this trade right, you know, um, did we win this trade, and, you know, it seems like a no and a yes, because uh, Wilson's been with, like, three different teams after the Tigers, I'd probably have to look it up, but uh, he was with Detroit, obviously, the team we traded him to, uh, he's with the Mets now. I'm pretty sure he was with the Cubs before that. I can't say for sure. Um, but, you know, it's one of those trades that's like, you know, mix and match. But um, 
if you would ask me, I would probably say that we won the trade, not because I'm a Yankee fan, but in the case that, you know, you saw some consistent stuff from Green in three years out of five, you know, rather than Justin Wilson, where he's, you know, all over the place and all sorts of different, you know, appearances where he, you know, put out uh, good stuff and he wouldn't, you know, it's a whole different, uh, whole different ball game, whole different ball game. Uh, on and on, on and off start from Garrett Cole, uh, Stanton, obviously, uh, homered, obviously I mentioned all the homers, uh, surprisingly with this stat and every Yankee hitter last night, including Tyler Wade, uh, got on base last night and that's pretty good. Um, he got Rockies. He played for, he played for the Rockies. I didn't know that. I honestly did not know that. I mean, I probably knew that, and I forgot that probably. Uh, but thank you for the information. No, not the chef, Justin Wilson. It, it, Internet's creepy and crazy at the same time. Uh, he might have been, but um, actually, no, it doesn't say that he played for the Rockies. If that's who you're referring to, uh, he played for the Pirates, the Yankees, the Tigers, the Cubs, and the Mets. That's who we played for. But, uh, you know, I appreciate the, the engagement, whether it's right or wrong. Again, thank you uh, for the engagement. But uh, we're just going back to, you know, this offense has really struggled uh, during the season against the Rays. And, you know, I go over this in football with the Giants. And I go over in this base, um, in baseball with Jordan. Uh, not Jordan. I do that in football. Those of you who don't know, uh, my friend Jordan comes on sometimes as the Yankees with me. But uh, going back to my point, you know, stats can really not tell the story sometimes. They could, you know, say this and then you watch the games or you know what's happening. And, you know, there's been dry spots in the Yankees offense this season. But looking at the stats, you know, everybody got on base. Tyler Wade had a walk and I was um, reminiscing that at bat a couple of minutes ago. Obviously not on the stream, but, you know, basically of, you know, how my heart was beating in that inning. I'm pretty sure it was the ninth. Uh, if I'm mistaken, I apologize. But uh, solid starting uh, from Cole. And obviously it wasn't against, you know, it wasn't like he was uh, against Cleveland. But, you know, those solid starts will do, uh, especially when you're facing a team like the Rays and your offense is there. But um, in those situations, you have to be a little careful, especially with maybe a good offense. And, you know, your teammate or may not hit. So that's, you know, that's what I have to say upon that. Uh, Blake Snell, honestly, if I'm going to go on looks wise, he looked, he looked like he got beat up in the face before the game last night. Um, you know, he, it's like, he's got eye bags, you know, I don't mean to make fun of his appearance, but I do at the same time, because, you know, he said a lot of bad stuff about the Yankees in the past. Um, but you know, uh, he got hit pretty hard last night. And he got the loss. First loss of the postseason. And then they put in Thompson, then Drake, then Curtis. And I was screaming at the TV for that one. And then McClannan or Sean McClannan or whatever the hell his name is. You know, that's a long name right there. But uh, what really surprised me is they put in Divey Garcia a couple of days ago. They said, okay, he's going to start game two. Um, if you ask me, and I said this a couple podcast episodes ago before the playoffs even started. I said, look, would I put Divey Garcia on the roster Yes, because, you know, you need to show him the big moments. And if he's going to be on a competitive team, and if you guys believe in him, you're going to have to put him in some of those moments. But do I believe starting him? You know, we'll see. Do I believe starting him was right? 
I will say no at first, but I will be willing to change my mind. Um, you know, other than that Boston start, he was pretty good. Uh, he was pretty good. And if I could find the stat paper here where it shows his start, I apologize. Um, we also got Tanaka tomorrow uh, along with uh, Charlie Morton. So that's going to be a pretty good matchup as well. You know, um, they have depth in the rotation. You know, it's on and off on occasion with uh, the starters there. Uh, you got Blake Snell, you got Tyler Glasnow, and you also have uh, Garrett Cole. But, uh, you know, they have Charlie Morton. And, you know, pretty good starts. Pretty good starters, you know, just, you know, by name. Uh Pitching obviously, you know, comes down to the stats and what they do in those starts. But uh, for us Yankees fans, you know, we don't have that number three right now. And you know, that's going to be something we're going to look in the off season for. Whether it's going to be Davy Garcia and a couple podcast episodes ago, I said, look, you know, um, Davy Garcia and Clark Schmidt. This was the Miami series. I said, look, you know, whether we make the playoffs or not. I mean, obviously, we clinched at that time, but whether, you know, both of those guys make the playoffs uh, in the roster, I should say, you know, it's going to be a test for them. Can they uh, step up in the big moments and then pitch for the team next year, uh, presiding everything is normal? Because they're not going to bring back Jay Happ, Paxton, and Tanaka on the same bunch. You know, you're still paying Garrett Cole. You're still paying Gar- uh, Giancarlo Stanton. So it's really going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting, but... I definitely think, I mean, I would have to look at the uh, free agent pitchers, but definitely at some point, you know, you have to uh, really trust your young guys because a lot of the Yankees' uh, decisions the last couple of years have been more for that, you know, free agent pitcher or maybe for that uh, pitcher at the deadline. That's what they have done in the case that, you know, the trading away prospects um, also as well. Uh, I've mentioned this a couple of podcasts ago and you know a couple times actually uh when the Yankees made a trade at the deadline starting 2017 and moving forward to 2019 2019 it was not necessarily a deadline in the case that you know when they acquired Paxton but what I said was you know it seems like uh thank you for the uh 100 whistle Janie appreciate it um what I was saying was is that Sonny Gray didn't work out a year after so it's kind of like milk or ice cream. You know, you buy it and then you leave it in for a year. I don't know. It's a really weird comparison, but if you might flow in the point. Uh, J-Hap, he was acquired in 2018, did not do the year, uh, did not do good the year after. James Paxton, the same thing here. He's not coming back. So, um, you know, my friend Sal, who works for All New York Sports, he made an article that said Paxton and Tanaka stay or go. Uh, my point is, you know, obviously... Tanaka had a rough start in Cleveland, but, you know, you can't say that the rain did not affect that. You can't say that. You can't say that because, you know, uh, other than that start, he's been pretty sufficient in the MLB playoffs. I must say that. But you definitely, uh, we're going to see some things tonight and tomorrow night with uh, Divey Garcia and Tyler Glasnow. Glasnow's been on and off on his starts this season. You know, it's been, you know, this that and the other thing uh obviously he was in that chris archer trade so i would have to further evaluate on a race standpoint who won but for game three you got tanaka and you got charlie morton so that's going to be 
uh, an interesting matchup. Obviously, uh, looking at it from an outsider standpoint, and if you're a broadcaster, you'd probably say, uh, uh, you know, the Rays have the advantage on the pitching standpoint and the pitching aspect because Davey Garcia has never pitched in a playoff game and Masahiro Tanaka has, and it's, you know, down a 3-2. So, you know, it's going to be interesting what they, you know, pull. And the Yankees' offense definitely has to be there, especially, you know, with the uh, pitching that Charlie Morton can bring to the table, and the same with Glasnow when he has a good day. But, you know, at the same time, the Yankees can be the Yankees and lose the unexpected. So, um, let's get into the Giants now. Now, if you guys... uh, didn't know, obviously, there's a lot of Giant fans that uh, follow my podcast, look at my takes, and, uh, you know, just know my general views and how I go about this thing. So, usually, I will recap the game in a video on YouTube after the game, and uh, I will usually go down to the positives and the negatives uh, on the Tuesday. So, obviously, that's today. Um, let's go through it. So, for the Giants... I have more positives than negatives, but that doesn't mean that there's negatives, you know, um, let's go with quality and quantity for this one here. So let's just say, you know, you have a small, three small positives, right? They're small though. And then you have a one big negative. That's basically what I'm doing here. So, uh, let's start out with Tay Crowder. Now I did not hit, I did not expect him to play as much as he did. If we're going to look at the snap count, which I actually have, uh, Tay Crowder, uh, let's see, 58% of the snaps, so that's really, you know, a good chunk compared to last week, I barely even remember seeing him last week against the 49ers, probably mostly special teams, but, you know, he's a speedy run-stopping linebacker, he's good in zone coverage, as we did see against the Rams, he had an interception almost, but a lot of people, you know, like to dispute, oh, that was an interception, that was not an interception, but, um, you know, to put it there, obviously, you know, it was, you know, not an interception. The ball hit the ground, according to referees. But uh, Dean Blandino, the Fox analyst, the rules analyst, said, you know, I don't know if this is going to be overturned. I don't think it can be. But, you know, obviously the odds went against him. And from then on out, obviously it wasn't an interception. So, also, to note, uh, James Bradbury and Blake Martinez, very good on defense. Um, we didn't really call out their names in a bad way. James Bradbury, yeah, maybe he should have gotten the tackle in the secondary on the Cooper Cup uh, touchdown, but Julian Love should have really had a cup there. I'm not expecting Julian Love to go out there and make a star of himself and cover wide receivers. You know, he is a converted, you know, cornerback to safety. But you have to just, you know, at that time, and I get that the offense was boring, the offense was dull, and I'm going to get to that in a minute, but I get that. But you have to make those plays. You can't make those mental errors because he basically ran a uh, angle route and, you know, off to the races. That was the longest touchdown, uh, obviously, on the day and whatever and whatnot. But basically, you know, that was one of the mistakes on defense, you know, probably of many. Uh, I would have to go back and watch the film for it. Uh, thank you, Max, at All New York Sports for uh, uh, joining the broadcast. Appreciate it. Uh Going back to what I was saying, though, you know, those are mental mistakes you can't afford to make. Uh, Kyler Fackrell, he got to the QB. I said in my recap video, it seems like every uh, two games he's good. It seems like every two games he's good. Uh, We saw him get a sack 
uh, on Mitchell Trubisky in the first drive of the Bears game. Uh, obviously, they didn't do much, or it did, if you want to classify it as that, because they scored on that same drive. I'm pretty sure it was the opening drive. If it wasn't, then it was probably one of the later drives. I don't know. Um, but he got to the QB. He made also two key tackles, so that was good there. Uh, Austin Johnson had a good game. Uh, Pro Football Focus rated him as like the highest graded Giants defender. Now, if you guys follow me, if you guys rock with me, you guys know that I'm not a big Pro Football Focus fan because, you know, a lot of their takes interject in what their grades are and they use a lot of bias. That's my opinion. You don't have to, you know, go by it and say, oh, well, he's a PFF hater. You know, everybody has an opinion, but I solely feel that they're based on, you know, uh, more of takes again you know they do analytics I don't really do analytics in the case I don't do grades I don't do that you know they do that but a lot of you know the Fox Sports uh, sportscasters the one who does shows like Skip and Shannon and also uh, Colin Coward you know they rely on pro football focus as if they know the analytics which they really don't um, you know they really just get them on the show for hot takes that's what all Fox Sports is unfortunately uh, we saw Matt Pear. Now I have to look at the snaps he did play. I know Bobby Skinner did do a bait, uh, did do a breakdown on you know what happened on the snaps. Do I think it's time to start him? And I'm gonna evaluate this in a minute, you know. But I'm gonna get to it now. Actually, you know, Will Hernandez has really struggled in the last couple of weeks. I must say that. He's really struggled, and it's, you know, it's going to get to that point where they say, okay, you know, it's three years, where has your, you know, play been? And, you know, unfortunately, some second-round picks, first-round picks, they don't get to be, you know, what they're expected to be, you know. Everybody was talking about when he was drafted, Will Hernandez, oh, he's going to be, you know, Chris Snee, uh, you know, the push, the aggressiveness, you know, as uh, many would say, uh, oh, a lot like Chris Snee. Well, he hasn't shown it. And last year, he really, you know, took a dip. His running, his uh, run block grade went down to, I believe, a 46.3 by Pro Football Focus. And, you know, again, I don't rely on Pro Football Focus. It's more of a, like a reference thing. But, uh, you know, at some point, you're going to have to put in Pear for Fleming. At some point, you're going to have to put in Shane Lemieux. And I'm probably missing somebody, but, you know, you really have to evaluate and when you're 0-4, and let's just say, you know, in the next couple of weeks, they maybe squeak out two wins. So the bye week is, I believe, week 12. Let's just say it is week 12. Actually, it's week 11. So up to that point, you are uh, about 10 games in. So if you do the math, Giants, I don't know, 2-8. and eight. They squeeze out maybe an unexpected win. They also squeeze out a win against the uh, Washington football team, let's say. I don't know. I don't know if they will because, you know, the defense is good. The offense just, you know, can't do anything. Um, but, you know, if you're 2-8 and eight the deadline, why are you still playing Fleming? You know, it just doesn't make a lot of sense. You're going to, you know, put a stopgap in there. You know, at least give Matt Parrott the time. Same thing with Shane Lemieux. You know, he was in one snap as a fullback, which is really interesting to me. But, um, again, not surprising. Ryan Lewis played solid at cornerback, too. Listen, you know, all the Giants fans are going to say, Oh, we played good at cornerback, too. Yeah, I know that. And I saw that, you know, uh, there was like maybe one or two receptions he gave up. Uh, I think he was two for five when it came to, like, completions against him. I think that was, what, 40%. Uh, 
uh, two completions on five targets, which is really good. It had like a 62 rating, uh, passer rating or a quarterback rating, whatever. Um, Bruce is really good, but we have to see, you know, more than one game from him. I'm not going to say that he's cornerback two of the future. Now, uh, if the Giants were smart next year, whether you have Gettleman, which is probably not going to be the case, uh, or you're going to have somebody like, uh, I don't know, um, let's go with, I don't know, another general manager, Kevin Abrams, draft a corner. I know how many times, you know, everybody's saying, uh, get this guy in free agency. Well, you need something long-term. And James Bradbury's not going to be corner one forever. He's not. Let's just, you know, cut down to that. Let's cut down to that. Um, but definitely he's played more solid than Darnay Holmes has in the mounting games, which Darnay Holmes actually played pretty good uh, against the Rams. You know, we didn't really see him a lot. Uh, you know, his snaps went... To 58%, so same as Tay Crowder, actually. But, you know, you weren't calling his name in a bad way. You really weren't. I mean, he was lined up in the slot a couple of times. But, you know, again, you weren't calling his name in a bad way. You did that against the Steelers. You get it? Uh, you did that against the Bears. You did that against the 49ers. Not much uh, bad here. So, that must say something. You know, nobody is saying that he was horrible. Uh, Darnell Holmes played good. Aaron Donald was held to half a sack. I don't know how that's possible, but we, you know, somehow held him. Uh, Pro Football Focus, you know, again, third time I'm referencing them, but, uh, you know, I mentioned already, you guys get my spiel on them. Uh, held him under a 70 grade, which is actually pretty good in our standards because we didn't allow him to do much at the line. You know, our offensive line obviously gave him four sacks. I'll get to that in a little bit. Uh, but obviously he didn't get into the backfield and make like any monstrous, you know, impact plays. Uh, what, let's see what else, uh, the running game got going, uh, other than Daniel Jones and Wayne Gallman being our rushers or leading rushers, six carries 45 yards for the both of them. Devonte Freeman, you know, got his chances, 11 carries, 33 yards. Uh, Deion Lewis had one carry for 10 yards. That's just a positive to go in the run game. They finally started run blocking, you know, maybe against the right team. I don't know. But, you know, next week in Dallas is going to be a real test for this team because Dallas has one of the worst defenses in the league. Mike Nolan is a uh, defensive coordinator. He was actually defensive coordinator when Stacey Dillard was the defensive tackle. Why I mentioned Stacey Dillard? Because I interviewed him uh, back a couple of months ago, back in April when everything was pretty much dead. And, you know, I started interviewing people. And, you know, that's just a point to make. Damian Ratley, you know, he's made appearances in four games. I really haven't seen him much. Uh, but the last game he had like two, three receptions, which is really good for him. You know, I'm starting to go a little bit of a positive, but you know, the confidence, you know, it's just like, eh, um, let's see what else. Dalvin Tomlinson was there. You know, he tipped the pass, I believe, and made a couple of key plays. Uh, there were two straight plays where the Rams had a run play and Dexter Lawrence and Marcus Golden basically met, I think it was Daryl Henderson at the line of scrimmage. They met him like this. And then it was the next play where Jared Goff was trying to throw a screen. He was under pressure, threw it to Cooper Cup, and then he was met behind the line of scrimmage about one or two yards back. So uh, impact plays from Golden and Lawrence. At that time, Kyler Fackrell and Shane Ziminis was injured, uh, were injured, I should say. Um, I don't know any word on Ziminis, but, you know, uh, he hasn't gotten a sack this season. Doesn't mean he hasn't made impact, but, you know, it's just not out there. Lorenzo Carter, he's pretty much, you know, I guess disappeared from the last game and the game before that so we'll see what happens there but you know I'm not getting my hopes up like I did last year about Lorenzo Carter 
Uh, I know Patrick Graham is good with the linebackers, but, you know, he's the defensive coordinator, not the linebackers coach. <sighs> Let's go to the negatives. Offense could not get going. Uh, I said this on Twitter during the game. I said, it seems that every turnover the Giants have had this season in their favor. Deontay Johnson's muffed punt. The James Bradbury interception. The Julian Love interception. No turnovers in uh, week three, so, you know, that wasn't anything. Uh, Excuse me. I apologize for that. Um, uh, The uh, the Austin Johnson turnover where he forced a fumble on Gerald Everett. You know, what happened there? All field goals. You know, there has to be some level where Joe Judge recognizes what Jason Garrett and the offense is doing. They're not producing... Because if the Giants had a decent offense, they would be leading the division right now. And I'm going to say that because you only need so much of an offense in this day. And it could flip that other way too where you need only so much of a defense. Um, But the other way has to work definitely to actually be a contender. Now, am I saying the Giants are immediate contenders? Absolutely not. If they had an average offense, absolutely not. Um, That's what they had in... 2016 where they were like one of the worst offenses in the league but that's a whole different story whole different coach whole different staff but my point is you know the offense nine straight uh not nine straight wow what am i doing uh two straight games nine points and you know yeah you're facing tough defenses the first four games against tough defenses what are we doing here you know it's been 15 16 days 16 days since Deion Lewis scored a touchdown. Since the Giants scored a touchdown. So something's wrong there. And, um, you know, the offensive line hasn't done well. The second half, it only gave up one sack. Uh, first quarter and the second quarter gave up four sacks. So not good, not bueno. Um, so, you know, Andrew Thomas did struggle in that game. Cam Fleming as well. Uh, pretty much everybody struggled. But I liked Nick Gates' fight against... Against Aaron Donald. Uh, you know, that showed he had guts. And everybody was memeing after. Oh, uh, who wants to f- start a fight with Aaron Donald? Uh, shut, shut up. Honestly, like, you know. Um, it's it would, it's only the Giants. It's only the Giants that would get memed. I mean, I'm not saying other teams won't. But, like, you know. It's just stupid. It's just stupid. Uh, Daniel Jones, pocket awareness. You know, there was the second half sack. Where he took it from, I believe, Michael Brockers. Or maybe Samson Ebukam. I believe it was Michael Brockers. And, you know, that was just a pocket awareness play. You know, he wasn't feeling the rush to his blind side. And he was moving. And, you know, he just got sacked. And he was trying to move to the right. Got sacked. And most of the other times, it was, you know, him getting hit. Him getting sacked. And, you know, not all those were his fault. The offensive line hasn't been playing well. And, you know, if... There's a problem, and there is a problem in that equation. If you're limiting Aaron Donald and the Rams' defensive line is still getting to you, that's a problem. Because even though they have Leonard Floyd, they have Morgan Fox, they have Samson Ebukam, Michael Brockers, you know, those guys are impactful. But they're not Aaron Donald. And if you're not giving up sacks to Aaron Donald, you shouldn't be giving up sacks to them. And I'm not saying, you know, don't give up a sack and be a perfect offensive line. No, that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, like, you know, you limit the most powerful player on their defense, but then again, you know, some of the weaker players than 
Aaron Donald is, you're allowing sex. It just doesn't make a lot of sense. And I'm not expecting this O-line to be up to par, but it, you know, it just didn't make a lot of sense now that I think about it. Uh, interception at the end of the game. No bueno. No bueno. Uh, you know, I get it. Daniel Jones was trying to make a fantastic play and be the hero of his own story. But in that situation where you have yards in front of you, you have to make it work. And you still had a lot of time on the clock. I don't remember how many seconds to be exact. But no timeouts. Yeah, I get it. But you can't make that throw. You can make the throw in the case that, you know, it's better ball placement towards the sideline maybe if you want to do that. But, you know, you have to read it better. And one of his problems is that he stares down the receiver too long knowing, you know, I got to get this guy and he's my main target. But the defense is also reading that he's going to go to that receiver. So, you know, a couple of tight throws that he made, you know, pass breakups, going back to the Ingram interception uh, last game, you know, wasn't good. So um, pretty much that goes along with the interception thing and that pretty much. Um, And also another thing, more run play action, please. Um, Run pass option, whatever. Start doing that more because obviously he completes a pass, you know, on most of those. And, you know, quick passes, you know, maybe get that more involved. Go downfield. You know, it doesn't hurt, Jason. You know, I get the offensive line is kind of, you know, holding the offense hostage right now. But at the same time, you have to coach better. You have to work better. You have to, you know, coordinate the offense better. Your buddy, Mark Colombo, is the offensive line coach. You know, I'm not saying it's all Colombo's fault that this offensive line isn't where it's at right now. But, you know, just have to be better. You just have to be a better coordinator and, you know, figure it out. You know, you did it in Dallas. The offensive line was shabby for a couple of years there. They need to finally fix it. It's starting to break down again uh, because uh, Leal Collins, he's out. And a couple of other guys are not playing uh, to their expectations. The only guy on there, you know, playing as well. As, you know, expected is Zach Martin. And he's the, you know, uh, all-pro, pro-bowl guard out of Notre Dame. But that's not my point right now. So let's go for points to make. I'm also going to go over the snap counts. I did a little bit earlier. I'm going to go through it after I make the uh, points. Uh, Should start to see Matt Pert and Shane Lemieux more. Look, you know, obviously, uh, I said this at the beginning. I'm going to say it again. You know, if you're 2-8 or if you're worst record or if you're 3-7, you know, three and seven is optimistic. Four and six is somewhat optimistic, more optimistic. But, you know, if you can't squeeze out the easy wins, it's going to be, you know, a real hellhole. And, you know, when you're really evaluating, you know, you need to see Matt Parrott and Shane Lemieux. And, you know, everybody's talking about, oh, uh, get Panay Sewell out of uh, Oregon. Yeah. You know what? It doesn't hurt to get a good offensive lineman. It doesn't hurt to get one of the best players in the draft. Yeah. Um, let's let's stack wide receiver. Let's, you know, let Matt Pert get a chance because you're wasting a draft pick that way. You know, if you're going to draft a career backup, draft him in the fifth, sixth, seventh round. You know, those are the background, backup rounds for that. You know, sign an uh, undrafted free agent. Sign one of those. You know, but, you know, I think feel that third round picks have value and Matt Parrott could be you know a decent right tackle in the growing years Shane Lemieux the same thing you know 
tough, hard nose. You know, nobody's saying over here, nobody's going out there and saying, oh, uh, draft over Shane Lemieux. No, nobody's saying that. They're saying it over Parrott because, you know, they want the offensive line to be perfect. And trust me, would I love a perfect offensive line? Yes, I know. But you have other positions you have to address. Uh, personally, my opinion, it depends on how this year ends. Uh, if you're maybe a step away from competing, I would say you go after Jamar Chase. You know, if you're in the top 10, you go after Jamar Chase. If not, you go after another wide receiver. I think there's one out of USC that everybody's getting all hyped about. It's not Pittman. Obviously, he was drafted this year, but it's another one that everyone's getting hyped about. But my point is, you know, it, it's evaluation, and what this year ends on is going to be what they go out and, you know, possibly do in the draft. And that's why the tanking is all bullshit, in my opinion. That's, you know, that's why I say that, because, you know, tank for draft picks. You don't know who you're going to draft, you know. And if you're going to tank, you know, it doesn't make any sense, because, you know, why are you tanking for the next regime, meaning a GM? So, that again, doesn't make any sense. Uh, Love's play needs to improve. Um, he's been one of the worst safeties in the NFL right now. And it's been a disappointment because the safety position, um, you know, we were hyping him up. Uh, Xavier McKinney's taking round pick out of uh, Alabama. You know, he's got a broken foot. He's on IR. David Mayo, actually, I'm pretty sure is expected to come back this week. So we'll see what happens with that. Hopefully he does because I don't want to see any more Devontae Downs. I'll get to that in a minute. Um, but, you know, everybody was hyping, you know, the safety core, especially now that Jamal Adams is out of New York. Oh, uh, do we have the best safety core in New York, New Jersey? You know, it hasn't been that. Jabril Peppers, you know, he hasn't made his impact plays. I don't know if he's being used correctly or not. Um, you know, they just haven't, they've been disappointing. And, you know, I might be mumbling and stumbling over words, but, you know, if you're a Giants fan, you know, you were expecting the safety core to be something. It hasn't been. The cornerback position, you know, it's been somewhat expected. You know, Bradbury, he's doing a good job. Um, you're looking and you're drowning at cornerback too. Ballantyne, you know, it looks like his starting time for the Giants is over. He's probably, uh, in my opinion, he probably is going to get cut after the season. Just my opinion because, you know, it's going to be running on three years and what are you going to do with him? It doesn't make a lot of sense. Um, same thing with Isaac Yaidom. That's a bust of a, you know, draft pick uh when you're throwing it in the mix for a, a uh, you know, cornerback that's rotational, he can't even do anything on the field. You know, I again, again, I never necessarily agreed with that trade in the first place um, because you're literally, you know, forcing yourself. Okay, we don't have corner depth, so let's trade for a guy and make him an immediate roster impact or immediate roster make it. Uh, and we got three days left of training camp. That just doesn't, that just doesn't make any sense. That doesn't. It's my opinion, at least. Uh, stick Crowder out there more than Devontae Downs. Obviously, uh, if you take a look at the snap counts, 58% for uh, Tate Crowder. You look at Devontae Downs, if I could find him, 7% of snaps. He played four snaps uh, defensively. So, obviously, you know, the coaches are favoring Crowder more. And he's shown some stuff. He really has. You know, when it comes to run blocking, he still needs to shed blocks a little more, especially on blitzes, you know, different sort of run plays when it comes to the outside, when it comes to the inside, whatever. Um, but, you know, he's definitely shown some promise. But right now, obviously, you know, seventh round picks aren't necessarily touted as the highest of value. But I would definitely stick him out there more than Devontae Downs, someone who can't shed a block, someone who can't tackle, missed an open field tackle 
Uh, I forget it was against, meaning receiver-wise, it was in the Rams. It was in the Rams game. Uh, but again, what can I say? What can I say? Um, you know, do I still think it's a mistake that Connolly uh, was let go by the Giants and they didn't sign him back? You know, they didn't make an attempt. Well, not necessarily they didn't make an attempt. You know, I should reword that a little bit. But you know, they should have. I I don't know. I, I I'm just stumbling over words at this point because you know I'm holding a little bit back from that trade. Uh, not trade, but like you know when they cut him. But at the same time, if Tout, if uh, Tate Crowder works out, you know that will be a dandy. That would be a dandy. So I'm going to read through the snap counts to, you know, finally just cut off this episode. Uh, at the end, I'll probably have uh, some time for questions as well. Uh, if you guys are offering that, or you just you know guests and you just came here for the podcast, thank you very much. But let's go through the uh, snap counts: Zeitler, Thomas, Hernandez, uh, Gates. Those guys played 100%. Same with Jones. Slayton, 97% with 66 snaps. Now the offense got 68 snaps, so those are the 100%. Uh, 57 snaps and 84% for Evan Ingram. He's been a clear disappointment this season. Uh, makes me think that the Giants will trade him at the deadline. I hope they do, honestly. I- I've gotten tired of him. 56 snaps for Cam Fleming at right tackle, 82%. Golden Tate uh, at wide receiver. 51 snaps, 75%. He's been another disappointment, unless they haven't been using him correctly. Uh, Devonta Freeman, he got more snaps. He's been, you know, really something. You know, you could see the elusiveness in him and, you know, the grinding for more yards, unlike Saquon Barkley. And I'm not ripping Saquon, but it's something he needs to get better at. You know, you can't be just wobbling and jumping around for more yards. Meanwhile, you're going to be putting your team back in position for like a negative five yard gain. Meanwhile, you can get a negative one yard gain and you know save your team that way. But anyway, CJ Board, uh, 32 snaps, 47%. Damian Ratley, 43% at 29 snaps. Caden Smith, 24 snaps, 35%. Uh, Deion Lewis, 21 snaps, 31%. Matt Parrott, 12 snaps, 18%. Levine Toilolo, the third tight end, 11 snaps, 16%. Wayne Gallman. Uh, 10 snaps, 15%. He had a good 26-yard run, and, you know, that's why I like him a lot. Uh, 1% of snaps for Shane Lemieux and Eli Penny. That's one snap total. Excuse me. I apologize. I've had a, you know, a very tough day in school. Honestly. Uh, For defensive snaps, Leonard Williams, uh, 38%. uh, Sorry, not 38%. Uh, 38 snaps, 67%. Tate Crowder, 33 uh, snaps, 58%. Darnay Holmes, he had uh, 58%, 33 snaps. But um, I actually forgot to go back to uh, the other snaps because if you look at the paper uh, that I printed out, and this is from GiantsWire.com, you know, they kind of distorted the whole thing, so it's really tough to tell. But uh, James Bradbury, James Bradbury, fifty-seven defensive snaps, one hundred percent. Same with Logan Ryan, Blake Martinez as well. I'm surprised Logan Ryan played every down. Uh, Lorenzo Carter, eighty-one percent of the snaps, forty-six snaps. Tomlinson as the nose tackle, seventy-nine percent, uh, forty-five snaps, forty-three snaps for Adrian Colbert, seventy-five percent, which is really weird. I really don't like him that much. If I'm going to be honest, Dexter Lawrence, the defensive end, as they call it, or you know, defensive interior. Uh, 42 snaps, 74%, 40, uh, 74% as I mentioned, same thing with Ryan Lewis, same thing with Kyle Fackrell, uh, Leonard Williams I mentioned, Tate Crowder I mentioned, 
Holmes, I mentioned. O'Shane Zimenez, 33%, 19 snaps, which is really interesting. Uh, I don't know if he was, I know he was injured at the end, but I know I don't see him in the beginning. You know, they've utilized more of him than they have, uh, you know, Golden at some points in the game. But Fackle's been utilized more than Zimenez. Uh, Julian Love, 30% of the snaps. That's that's a telling tale. You know, that is a telling tale right there. And I didn't even realize he had that many low snaps. That means Logan Ryan plays, played more of a free safety. That is not good. Uh, that is not good. And if Colbert played more of safety than him, boy. Giants must be down on Julian Love to fucking start this season. Holy shit. Uh, Isaac Yadom. 15 snaps, 26%. B.J. Hill, 15 snaps, 26%. Uh, Austin Johnson, you know, only played 13 snaps. Was a good impact. He got a sack. And he also got a forced fumble. So he had a good game. Uh, Marcus Golden, 7 snaps, 12%. Devontae Downs, 4 snaps, 7%. And Madre Harper, who actually, you know, we signed from the Raiders practice squad this week. And everybody was just praising him. So athletic. Uh, played 4% of the snaps. 2 snaps in total. And, you know, it's not surprising there. Because he doesn't know the full playbook uh, for the Giants, obviously. Maybe he gets more snaps. I don't know. Maybe they put him in more than Isaac Yadon. If that happens, I will be happy as long as the production is better uh, than Isaac Yadon. So um, that's pretty much the end of the podcast episode. Uh, I'll probably be doing this again maybe on Thursday. Maybe on Friday as well because I'm probably going to be doing something on Friday. Uh but also, you know, I'd like to do the preview and everything and get hyped up. I might have Jordan come on here as well. Uh, you know, we get views and, you know, uh, uh, engagement that way. Uh, thank you guys for supporting us. If you haven't already, go follow our social media pages at Big Blue in the Bronx, Twitter, Instagram, uh, subscribe to the YouTube channel, get notifications, press the uh, bell. Uh, I love Sportscaster so far. I love the engagement. Hopefully... Uh, when I check this video, I got over 100 views. If I get 30 views, you know, I'm good with that, honestly. Uh, thank you to Quilt Lynn for 200 tickets. I think it's 200 tickets or 200 popcorn. Uh, thank you to Janie for 100, I think it was Whistle. Thank you. You know, I have to, you know, regulate those terms because I don't know Sportscaster that well. But uh, thank you guys for the engagement. And, you know, as I said before, when I was, you know, talking to Louie, about uh, what teams Justin Wilson play for. I don't care if you're wrong. I don't care if you're right. You know, the engagement. We get to talk. You know, this is uh, the whole point of doing this. You know, more engagement and podcast episodes. You know, that stuff. So, this stream is ran for 50 minutes. Wow. That's a long time. But anyway, uh, thank you guys. If you guys have any questions, I'll leave the next two minutes. If not, then, um, well, have a nice day.